This is episode 89 for Tuesday, March 7th, 2017, brought to you from Arlington, Texas. This week we'll be discussing Style 14C, Scottish Export. Welcome to Brew Styles. My name is Sawyer, and together with Chris, Travis, and Eddie, we take on the world of beer one style at a time. Every week we discuss a different style of beer and taste some of our favorites. We hope you leave with a thirst for more. Our podcast can be found on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. Look us up and subscribe to make sure you are kept up to date on our latest episodes. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at brew underscore styles. Drop by our website, brewstyles.com, where you can stream every episode, check out our photo gallery, and use the contact tab to send us comments and feedback. You can also find more information about the BJCP and how to become a certified beer judge. Settle in and raise a pint with us as we launch into another episode of Brew Styles. Well, welcome back to another episode of Brew Styles. I'm sorry, episode. Uh, today, episode. Uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, today, I'm joined by Travis. How are you, Travis? Good morning, Vietnam. So glad to be here, guys. Been, uh, been. Oh, sorry, I'm a little bit uh, delirious. I have. Uh, well, let's see. It is currently nine eleven a.m. when we're recording this episode. I've been awake since six forty-five a.m. of yesterday. Nice. Without any sleep, so I'm going on what twenty-seven hours now. I uh, had my my twenty-four uh, hour movie marathon. Because today is the Oscars award ceremony, and the day before they always do the 24-hour movie marathon, and I've done it for six years in a row, so I figured I'll just keep up the tradition, really enjoy it, and went through nine movies in the span of 24 hours, and came straight to the studio to record a podcast. (laughs) Um, That's awesome. Yeah, right now I'm writing a a caffeine high, and I'm not sure how long it's going to last, so let's let's just enjoy this this brief moment of lucidness and 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 excited um excited to be here ness. All right. All right. Well, we'll see how long that lasts. <laughs> Is that Wham! So did did Sarah go with you on that? She did not. Uh I got her to go to the very first one mm. or right after we got engaged and she really didn't enjoy it all that much. Uh you know, like she likes movies, we watch movies all the time. But she wasn't so keen on sitting in the same theater for 24 hours where, like, just you start sitting in your own filth after a while. So yeah. Because they don't come and clean up in between each one because there's people in there. So you got just popcorn everywhere, sticky floors. Uh, the year that she was there, and this has never happened before, but the year she was there, some lady decided to lay in the aisle and just go to sleep. <laughs> like, on the stairs. It had to be so uncomfortable. But, yeah, Sarah was just so turned off by all of that. She's like, you know, I love you, honey, but this can be your thing and I'm okay with that. So that's cool. Yeah, I'm fine. That's cool. Alrighty then. Well, we're also joined by, uh, Chris. How are you, Chris? Hi. Uh Oh, <laughs> that can't be good. What's wrong? I feel like crap. Uh Oh <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's kind of where I'm at right now. Oh, yeah. I don't know if it's allergies or what this back and forth weather. Like, it's really just starting to piss me off because it was like 
80, 90 degrees the other day, and then yesterday it was like 40. Mm-hmm. Like, seriously? Yeah. Freaking decide already. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I don't know. I, I took like three different kinds of medicine this morning before we started. So, I don't know when that's going to kick in, but well, hopefully I'm soon. here. Yeah, well, I mean, you do live here, so I, yeah, you have like what fifteen steps to walk until you're in the studio. Yeah, he can like comment on the appearance today, but his uh, descriptions over aroma and possibly flavor aren't going to be the yeah. most <laughs> accurate. I believe it's okay. I know what Scottish beer smell it tastes like, so I can <laughs> fake it till you make it. Uh-huh. Yeah, there you so go. Uh, I could comment on mouthfeel too. Did uh, did either one of y'all do anything with beer this week? <clears throat> Actually, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah. Friday night, Travis and I went and judged around for Blue Bonnet. Okay. Cool. Uh, we did specialty IPA, mm. which was interesting because uh, we had what two Belgians, two Reds, mm-hmm. a fruit. It was a double IPA. There was double strength yeah. fruit. A cold brewed mocha coffee IPA. Mm. Interesting. What am I missing? A Brett. Oh, yeah, the Brettanomyces. 100% 100 Brett fermented, which we were sitting there... Brettanomyces. Talking about, I was like, should this be entered as a specialty IPA or a Brett beer? Maybe they double entered just to see which one it did better in. But, you know, we judged it accordingly. Is it okay to double enter things? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, the the rules stipulate that you can only enter one beer per subcategory. So you could enter, if you brew an IPA, you could enter it as an American IPA and a specialty IPA if you wanted to. Oh, I see. Because they're two different subcategories. Yeah. So as the Brett beer, since he, I guess, overhopped it, you could enter it as a specialty IPA and a wild fermented or Brett beer or whatever. Oh, okay. Two double entries. That's cool. Right. So, yeah. Yeah, I bet a lot of people do that. If they've got a yeah. beer that's kind of maybe on the edge, it could go either way. Yeah, the table yeah. behind us was also doing specialty IPA, and I heard them talking about they had a black IPA um, that didn't have a whole lot of hop character to it. Mm. So they're like, I hope you double internet as a stout, because it'd be a great stout. Mm-hmm. But you don't judge based on what it should be. You judge based on what it's entered as. Of course. So, you know, for that kind of judge sheet, you wouldn't say, try entering this as a stout, because mm-hmm. that's not what they wanted. Yeah. You don't tell them what to enter it as. You tell them how to fix the beer that they have. Sure. To fit that style right. that they entered it as. So you'd say, you know, try more hop additions or, you know, whatever, just to, yeah. to get it into that IPA category. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's interesting. Um, yeah. So when that happens, you usually give it a really low score, like in the teens, which yeah. is usually in the unpleasant major flaw area. But we would give it that score and then right at the bottom, this is a very tasty beer. A lot of good things happening. Misses just, the mark on the style. It just doesn't fit yeah. the style that you entered it as. I got you. But yeah. they know, like, we're not trouncing. It's not. It's a good beer. It's just drink. not what you entered it as. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, okay. and that's one of the most difficult parts about judging. Yeah. Because when you get one of those, you're like, man, I like this beer, but it, it just doesn't fit the guidelines. Yeah. Of course. And you know that that cold brew mocha coffee IPA. IPA I I didn't get any coffee or mocha or oh anything. really yeah. that's or sad. hops. It yeah, was, or hops. It was just kind of. Eh. Tastes it was like liquid. drain bag. So if, that, if you're listening to this and that was your beer, I apologize, but yeah. it just I didn't get it. <laughs> he was not sick then. By the I way, I was not sick then either. Yeah. No, yeah. Travis didn't get it either, and Schooly, the nationally ranked BJCP, didn't get it either. So we huh. weren't alone in that. All right, all right, interesting. 
Oh, we had a rye IPA also. Oh, that's right. That tasted like straight coffee. Yeah. It so was, we smelled it like, wait, did we do the right numbers? Because we knew we, we, had we checked a, it. We knew we had a coffee beer to drink eventually. And then we smelled it like, whoa, whoa. So we checked all the numbers like, no, this is the rye IPA. So what was it called? So did they have a name? No, they don't name them. Oh. So no rhyme a river? No. No. Everything's <laughs> double blind. So oh. during the check-in that Travis helped out with, they assigned everything a barcode and a random number. Oh, that makes sense. So makes it, you, sense. you know nothing about the beer other than the number. So is it possible that maybe the numbers got switched during check-in? Who knows? Yeah. It's possible. Because but they do they a pretty did. good job of yeah. of double and triple and quadruple checking all that to make sure that doesn't happen. Sure, sure. Oh, yeah. There's like five or six people that it goes through, and each person checks the numbers and makes sure it matches up with the with the entry sheet. Mm. Um, but, I mean, there were mistakes made. I, I saw a few of them. But out of the thousands. But they were caught. Thousand plus, yeah. Thousand plus entries that we did, there was uh, less than a 12-pack. They got messed up. Oh, that's total. not bad. That's actually really good. Yeah. yeah. All right. That's cool. That's cool. Yeah. Well, that's why you always make sure that on your uh, on your judge sheet, the top there's comments. I always say what the bottle is mm-hmm. and the color of cap. Uh, I see. That way, if they get their sheet back and it's like, I had gray caps and this says it was a green cap, then they could say, hey, our, our beers got yeah. mixed up or mm-hmm. whatever, just so we know, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Well... By the time this episode comes out, this will have already happened. But uh, this week, I'm playing with Housebone at World of Beer in Arlington. Tuesday, right? Tuesday, eight to eleven. Yeah, I'd like to come. Yeah, uh, I'd love to have you out. It's going to be a great time. Just down the street, and yeah, yeah, it's actually in Arlington. Starts at eight and not like eleven thirty or or starts at one a.m. But um, I have a gig that night. But I'll I'll try to come out after. Yeah, man. Yeah, no, no worries if you can't make it. But Yeah. yeah, that'd be great. Um, yeah. Um, I've actually had to give up my Thursday night gig. Yeah, uh, for teaching purposes, but the one out in Dallas. <laughs> yeah, well, my my Wednesday and Thursday night are in Dallas. One's in Deep Ellum, though, and uh, that one's Wednesday night. But my Thursday night one, yeah, I got to get rid of that one. So I found a replacement. I'm not playing there anymore That's after okay. the next three weeks. I liked going to the balcony club, but I didn't like going to the balcony club. Yeah, I'm the every same time way. I I walked in there, I felt like I was stepping into like a '70s porno. Like, you know, velvet seats and the, a tinge of smoke and the green lamps. <laughs> I don't know. It was just, it was weird. Yeah. It's a cool place. Yeah. But it's just a little weird. The people are interesting there, too. <laughs> yeah, you got, least. like, octogenarians that are grinding each other on the dance floor. Yeah, yeah. Especially for the group that plays right before you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was a little nuts so. to watch. Anyways, so, yeah, World of Beer, Housebone, check it out. It'll probably be live streamed on Facebook. So, anyways, that's what I've done with beer lately. Cool. And I drove to Austin yesterday for a baby shower, uh, which had an open bar. For a baby shower? Yes. <laughs> okay. Uh, and they had one of my... Was it like our age people that yeah, were... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, it, it was for Courtney's aunt and uncle. And... Um, it was at this really nice Italian restaurant. I was outside on the patio, and they had open bar. They had one decent beer on tap, and that was the Convict Hill Stout. Uh, From Independence. Yep. Yes, mm-hmm. out of Austin. And no, I did not drink beer. I drank liquor the entire time. <laughs> so, anyways, hmm. that's my week. Nice. So, All right. Subscribe. Oh, yes. Is what we would like you to do. Please, thank you to all of our listeners. 
in advance for either coming back or listening again Yep, in general. For 89 episodes or for one episode, if this is the only one you listen to, then welcome. Yeah. Welcome to Brew Styles. Oh, I forgot to mention something funny that happened to me last night. Oh, what's that? <laughs> I told Travis about this already. So Chris and I went to go see a movie, and uh, we went to the, the Parks Mall AMC. Yeah. By the way, never go to a movie theater on a Saturday in a mall. Oh, yeah. It's it's just ridiculous. This coming from the guy that worked at a movie theater in a uh, mall for uh-huh. years. Right. But I, I was in the projection booth. I never saw how busy it was downstairs. And I haven't been to the mall in years. He wasn't. Yeah. Oh, Jesus. Anyway. The gym um, So I'm standing in line in concessions, and I see Nigel. <laughs> it's just kind of random. It's like, hey, Nigel. And then so we started talking about Travis's movie marathon thing. Anyway, so I go to see my movie, and we, we walk in a little bit late because it took a while to get through concessions, and they had to cook the food, and it was... Anyway. Um, so I sit down when it's dark, and at the end of the movie credits are rolling the lights come up and this person stands up in front of me and it's nigel <laughs> so the whole time we were watching the uh, star wars rogue one nigel was sitting in front of me and so i, I texted travis about it because i thought it was funny and, and he was like was he rooting for the imperials <laughs> i think so because as soon as it over he turned around and said there are definitely some bad hombres here today <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> I just thought it was so random. Somebody from the homebrew club in Fort Worth, uh-huh. in Arlington. Of course, he lives in Arlington, so it makes sense. But that's right. Yeah, he lives in South Arlington. I yeah, that. he's actually like five minutes from here. We keep we talking about wanting to do a, a brew day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, we yeah, need him day. on the po- yeah, and that other guy that we talked to at Iron Mash who really wants to brew with us too. I can't remember his name. Jasper, I think. Oh, one of the the listeners that we ran into. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. He, he really wants to brew with us one day. That's so. cool. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't done a, a live podcast brew in a long time. Uh-uh. We should probably do that soon. Yeah, let's pick like a weekend when we know the weather's nice and we can just set up a table in the garage like we used to. Yeah. Do outdoor recording. Yeah, I'll have to move the motorcycles somewhere. Yeah, They're kind of taking up all the space. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have so much room for activities. Anyway. <laughs> All right, well, what are we talking about today, Travis? Well, uh, we're going to hit up some Scottish styles today, and uh, there are three, technically four, Scottish ale uh, styles. There are three under the uh, 14 parent category Scottish ale, which is 14A Scottish Light, 14B Scottish Heavy, 14C Scottish Export, uh, but there's also one more, which would be under the Strong British Ale category 17 C we heavy, and I believe we've already done that episode. We have, which was quite a while ago. Yeah, yep. um, Fredo came and joined us on that one, and uh, basically all three of the other Scottish styles are just like the we heavy, but smaller. Because yep. I've seen that in the uh, uh, in the style comparison for all three of them, they all say, "Let me scroll to it." Similar character to we heavy, but much smaller. Varies by base All of them style. say that, yeah. Well, if you think about the old style guidelines, they were actually listed as 60, 70, and 80 shilling. Mm-hmm. And then the wee heavy. Wee heavy was so, the 90 shilling. You know, it's it, just a wee heavy. <laughs> so it makes yeah. sense. I don't know why they changed it to export and whatever. I have some wee but, heavy sitting in my refrigerator right now. I have a feeling it was... <laughs> um, 
probably a regional thing. Like, if you actually go to Scotland and just in a nice little pub, I don't think they have a 60 shilling. I don't think they call it that anymore. Well, it might. Well, <laughs> you know. know. <laughs> Could be. I mean, Odell makes the 90 shilling, right? Yeah. Yes. Do they make a 60, 70, and 80 shilling as no. well? No. Not that I'm aware of. No. Well, that kind of stinks. I wish they would. That'd be kind of a cool series. Yeah, and in, in kind of doing some research on this, we don't get... Uh, any examples of the Scottish Light or Scottish Heavy exported to our area? Uh, um, actually, on the on the style comparison or the commercial example, there's only one listed for Scottish Light, which is McEwen's 60. We used to get McEwen's Scotch Ale a long time ago. Um, that was one of our first yeah. beer nights back in the apartment a decade ago. Didn't didn't they make a stout too? That we got so. maybe, or am I thinking but of something a, else? I don't remember. That was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, Maccus and Triple X was one that <laughs> we used to get. And, but uh, they just they stopped exporting here. Did did y'all get the text message I sent you guys the other day about the airlines? Yeah. 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 65 bucks. That's cool. Um, so, yeah, we don't get any Scottish light, and really they don't export any of them, period. Let's it's go to Scotland. Meant to be Let's just kind it. of a local, local session beer. Uh, and then the Scottish heavies which uh, there's a few more commercial examples, but we still don't get any from uh, Broughton and Caledonia. Uh, Caledonia, Caledonia, what makes your big head so hard? That's a famous song. What? It's a jazz song. Look it up. McEwen's, uh, we're going to get them, and Orkney and Tenants. I've never heard of any of those. Well, I've heard of them, but I have not seen them in our area. I have so, neither heard of them or seen them. Uh, as a quick recap, Scottish Light is like the Wee Heavy, but much smaller. So we're talking OG from 1030 to 1035. So that rounds down to the ABV of 2.5 to 3.2% on the high end. So like a non-alcoholic beer. Yeah, so Scottish Light <laughs> is very light. Very light. Uh-huh. Scottish Heavy is going to be from 3.2 to 3.9. So even using the term heavy, that's really not. The one we're going to really focus on today, for the most part, is Scottish Export, because that's the one we actually have examples for. Uh-huh. And that one is going to be from 3.9% all the way up to 6% ABV. And then if you remember, We Heavy was way on top of that, from 65 on the low end all the way up to 10% on the high end. So, let's talk about what we should see in our Scottish Export today. Overall impression, a malt-focused, generally caramely beer with perhaps a few esters and occasionally a butterscotch aftertaste. So that's an interesting note. Typically, butterscotch comes from uh, diacetyl, which is... butter came from diacetyl. Butterscotch can be a diacetyl, like movie, movie popcorn butter and butterscotch. Very similar. But huh. that is allowable in this style. Oh, those two things are completely different to me. Butterscotch is more like caramel, caramel candy. Butter is butter. <laughs> hmm. I don't ever like remember butter. reading butterscotch and diacetyl. It was always butter. I thought that was lumped in with them. Butter and scotch. Hmm. <laughs> that make an interesting flavor of liquor. I don't know. I have those flavor cards saved in my Dropbox that we got in the class. So let me look at it, see what it says. Candy is Keep dandy, going. but liquor is quicker. Yeah. Uh, keep going I'll look it up beer before liquor you're in clear hops on that's awful 
awfully wrong. <laughs> Hops only to balance and support the malt. The malt oh, character yeah, range really wrong. from dry to grainy to rich, toasty, and caramely, but is never roasty and especially never has a. Oh, let me let me repeat this for emphasis. And especially never has a peat smoke character. Yay! Period. Beer before liquor, you're even sicker. There we go. Liquor before beer, you're in the clear. Aroma. We're looking for a low to medium maltiness, often with flavors of toasted breadcrumbs, <laughs> ladyfingers, <laughs> and English biscuits. Low to medium caramel and low butterscotch is allowable. Light Boom. fruit. <laughs> and best examples may have a low traditional english hop aroma earthy floral orange citrus spicy etc peat smoke is inappropriate period appearance wine amber a deep cupper <laughs> close oh it's actually pale cupper to very dark brown, brown? clear oh yeah we got that one too brown <laughs> Clear, low to moderate, creamy, off-white head. Don't sound too enthusiastic about brown. <laughs> Flavor, entirely malt-focused, with flavors ranging from pale, bready malt with caramel overtones to rich, toasty malt with rich, uh, sorry, roasted accents, but never roasty. That's interesting that they delineate that with roasted accents, but never roasty. Yeah. Or a combination thereof. Fruity esters are not required, but add depth, yet are never high. Hot bitterness to balance the malt. No to low hot flavor is also allowed, uh, but should be of traditional English character, earthy, floral, orange, spicy, again. Finish ranges from rich and malty to dry and grainy. A subtle butterscotch character is acceptable. However, burnt sugars are not. The malt hot balance tilts towards the malt. Peat smoke is inappropriate. They make it a point to really go out of the way to say that, which is interesting. So no peat. Yes, peat smoke is inappropriate. Yes. But peated moss via the source water. <laughs> they may talk about that. Yeah, it they does do. talk about that, okay. I know for sure. Next is <laughs> mouthfeel. <laughs> medium low to medium body, low to moderate carbonation. Can be relatively rich and creamy to dry and grainy. Uh, I'm going to skip over the comments for now. I'll let Chris read that. The characteristic ingredients usually uh, originally use Scottish pale malt, grits, or flaked maize, and brewer's caramel for color. Later adapted to use additional ingredients such as amber and brown malts, crystal and wheat malts, and roasted grains or dark sugars, sugars for color, but not the roasty flavor. <laughs> Sugar adjuncts are traditional. Oh, that's interesting. Clean or slightly fruity yeast. Peat smoked malt is inauthentic and inappropriate. And, of course, you could always use Cesar-type hops if you wanted to. <laughs> All right, so I looked up the diacetyl. Oh. On the complete off-flavor guide that we got in the class, um, it's kind of funny. Butter said, see this other thing, and diacetyl said the same thing, see this other thing. Vicinal dyke tones. English, please. We did not check the explicit box. <laughs> For both diacetyl and butter, it said, see vicinal dyke tones. I don't know what that is, but apparently that's what diacetyl is, a.k.a. diacetyl VDK. Uh, says, detected in aroma flavor mouthfeel, described as butter, buttered popcorn, buttery, buttermilk, 
honey, milky, movie theater popcorn, toffee, vanilla, and butterscotch at higher levels. What? Okay. So I wonder why they they said butterscotch and then at higher levels specifically. Because I guess in this style, butterscotch is part of the flavor profile, but not from diacetyl. Yeah. Yeah. I guess. So, I, I don't know. And I noticed that in the guidelines, every time they mentioned butterscotch, they said it's acceptable. They just never said, and butterscotch. Right. So they made it a point to show that, yeah, yes, we realize that this can be an off flavor if things are done a certain way, but in this style, it is not considered an off flavor. It also says that the ability to detect diacetyl is higher in light-flavored or low-alcohol beers. Sure. So maybe, uh, especially in the what would have been called the 60-shilling, the, the really low-alcohol one, it's it's easier to pick up that, that butterscotch. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I could see that if... Uh, I mean, because we're talking like a 2.5 to 3.2 beer. Um, and so if, if the yeast get going and then make their diacetyl, then all of a sudden run out of stuff to eat, and you decide to put it on cask right away, then yeah, you're going to get some definite diacetyl yeah. if it doesn't have a chance to sit. Yeah, if you're talking about a, a session cask beer, those aren't going to be lagered or aged. They'll be drank within a week or two of making the beer. Yeah. Traditionally. Yeah. So I bet that's where it stems from. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, did you say you wanted me to read the comments section? Yeah. I think you need to for your health. For my health? <laughs> okay, so in the BJCP uh, comments it says, Malt-focused ales that gain the vast majority of their character from specialty malts, never the process. Burning malt or wort sugars via kettle caramelization is not traditional, nor is any blatantly butterscotch character. Okay, there you go. So you don't want to add butterscotch right. extract. Most frequently a draft product. Smoke character is inappropriate as any found traditionally would have come from the peat in the source water. Scottish ales with a smoke character should be entered as a classic style smoked beer. Mm. So there you go. Peated character is okay if it comes from the source water. Smoked peat, which is completely different, is not okay. Yep. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Rex now. Oh, well, I know you're excited for history, but... We don't yeah. even know all that. Okay, yeah. sorry. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we went into depth on the history, I think, when we did the um, uh, We Heavy episode. We heavy. So I'm not going to go really into depth on it, but um, just a brief kind of recap. It is believed that brewing in Scotland uh, started as early as the mid to late 4th millennium B.C. Okay. <laughs> so they've been doing it for a this long time. been around a little bit. From about 1850 on, the urban brewers began significantly encroaching upon the rural country brewers due to new accessibility provided by railways. Unfortunately, this began what was to become the sad trend in Scotland of consolidation and rationalization, combining larger interest and pushing out smaller ones. So you got more, Is it yeah. rustic? more bigger breweries coming in. <laughs> Beginning in the latter part of the 19th century, brewers all over Britain began catering to the public's taste for lower gravity, pale colored and clearer beers. The higher hop content of some of these beers allowed them to travel better than previous products like we talked about before. Lower alcohol content shortened fermentation and maturation time, thus increasing throughput. 
Okay, so Scottish brewing reached a peak of 280 breweries in 1840, after which they declined due to the rampant mergers and closures. Murders? So, mergers. Oh my. It's, it's cutthroat out there. <laughs> oh. Well, you're always going to have bigger breweries buying the smaller ones. I mean, it's happening over here right now with all the craft brew. Bum, 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 bum. Yeah. Bum, 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 bum. Even. <laughs> It still happens. <laughs> at the turn of the... T- speaking of which, at the turn of the 20th century... At the turn of the 20th century. Sorry. <laughs> uh, I think we're starting to lose Travis a little bit. It's <laughs> <laughs> getting a little loopy over there. Yeah. At the turn of the 20th century... That's the best I could do that. Sorry. Traditional Scottish styles, with the exception of lager, were in decline. The industry moved toward that what could be termed as the shilling era. Look at shilling, shilling, shilling area era. Oh my gosh! Shilling. Uh oh. Now I can't English. Uh oh. They're shilling. (sighs) Beers were turned based upon their invoice price per barrel in shillings, which roughly designated the alcohol content of the beer. At the low end, there were table and harvest beers at twenty-eight shillings and thirty-six shillings. Light and mild at forty-two and forty-eight. Followed by pale ales at fifty-four and sixty. And export and imperial beers at 70, 80. And at the high end, strong ale at 12 to 15 guineas. Like guinea pig? No. Uh. I don't know what the, uh, <laughs> the exchange rate is and what that equals Two or guinea- how many shillings are in a guinea. Two guinea pigs per dollar. Yeah. The latter, the latter is where the term Six. we heavy originated in that the strong ales were sold in one-third imperial pint Nips, hence we or nip, heavy, stronger into the alcohol spectrum. Uh, After World War II, the predominated styles were termed what? <laughs> Glad we got that clearly recorded. Yeah. What? What did I say? You said nip. Yeah, it's called a nip. <laughs> like oh, I said, I'm glad we got that clearly recorded. <laughs> Anyway, after World this, War II, this next week, oh, the predominated styles were termed light, heavy, pale, and mild, export, and IPA, and stout, including sweet stout, which was hugely popular at one time. So there you go. Cool. I need to get some nips. Cheese nips. And some boobs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're starting to lose Travis. There's some cheese balls behind you, too. Yeah. In case you don't want cheese nips. Balls. Balls. <laughs> anyway, let's get on to our butt beer. We're not drinking butt beer today. Oh, sorry. All right. Well, first up is the Bellhaven Brewery Scottish Ale. It's uh, described as rich, nutty, smooth. Uh, it's got a 5.2 ABV, 330 milliliters, 11.2 fluid ounces, US. Ah. Uh, so 5.2 would definitely put it in the export range. Sure. Yes. And that, I'm, what would that 80 shilling? On the bottle, it says, Our signature Scottish ale is the beer we've brewed the longest and is our best selling bottle worldwide. We brew it from 100% Scottish optic and crystal barley malts for a nutty biscuit character balanced with a subtle 
uh, spiciness from Challenger and Golding's hops for an all-around satisfying beer. Did you say Scottish optic? Yes. Hmm. Optic. So I guess you yeah. got to just look at it with a Scottish <laughs> eye. Yeah. Did you read the uh, the Nick label? No, but I can. Uh, Bellhaven, or the beautiful harbor, nestles among the rolling barley fields of Scotland's beautiful east coast. For nearly 300 years, we have brewed in this place using only the finest ingredients. Continue that long, or I'm sorry, continuing that long tradition, <laughs> <laughs> this range of specialty beers each has its own unique taste and style, and together they represent the very best of Scottish brewing. Uh, original Scottish craft. Established 1719, Dunbar, Scotland. And yeah. I, made, I made a comment during the break. I'm glad that they don't serve this in the clear bottles anymore. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. Because, <laughs> yeah, they, they did for a long time. They just served it in a clear bottle with a small little label. And so pretty much every time you get it, it would be Skunk. white drunk. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, about maybe, I guess, a couple years ago, switched over to brown bottles and new labels, new artwork. Yeah. Brown glad they did they came into the 21st century finally <laughs> well this thing is uh brilliantly clear yeah i can see the trees outside through the window yeah, like a yep. light copper color copper yeah copper. you know i was i was drinking last night and uh, oh, really yeah at the open bar well no actually that was yesterday afternoon this was last night when oh, i got home okay um i had the little something something yeah and i just i poured it and i was like my God, this thing is clear. <laughs> I held it up to all I was like, I've never seen a beer this clear before. <laughs> like it just it had a, a really uncanny brilliance to it. And it's just like, wow. I, I told Courtney, I was like, you need to come over here and look at this. <laughs> and she's like, bring beer? it to me. Come look at so my beer. Be. Yeah. So I took it over there to her and she's like, Wow, that really is clear. I was like, I know, right? This is very clear also. Yeah, it really is. All right, well let's uh let's sniff it. Um well, first off, there's a off-white tan head that persists. It hasn't gone away yet, and it's been sitting for a few minutes. This smells like Hacker Shore. I can't smell anything. Yeah, I would agree with that. <laughs> it's got like some nutty uh, caramel tones for sure. Yeah. Uh, definitely malt-forward. I like malt-forward beers. Yeah, maybe a touch of like brown sugar sweetness, but I'm not really getting any hop characteristics from the aroma yeah you know what would really go good with this beer oats oh. <laughs> yeah you know i bet this is i'm eating oats this is the uh Ooh. the scottish answer to oktoberfest beer maybe yeah i would have to agree with that this this tastes really i really like this yeah it's you know i can still taste some of the malty sweetness but that's about it um, but it's really smooth, and I'm not getting the skunk that I got from the clear bottle. This is oh, no, so much better. Really. And the, I think the big difference between this and a Martin is the uh, the finish. It, it's It's got a little bit more of a nutty taste to it. So than, it's not a finish finish? No, it's not a finish finish. It would be more of a Scottish finish. Oh, this freaking is smunked is nope. hell. <laughs> <laughs> smunked. <laughs> yeah, um... In comparing this to the Martzen, which, uh, yeah, I would agree there are some similarities. This one definitely has more of the like the toasted breadcrumbs, uh-huh. like we talked about. Yeah, much more of the of the just bready, grainy flavor than um, the Martzen, which is just nice and smooth, sweet, mellow. 
Yeah. Maybe kind of halfway between the Martin and the Dunkel. Mm-hmm. I could easily drink a 12-pack of this in a day. Oh, yeah. This is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I'd be okay, but I'll be okay. Well, it's only 5 point... What? 2? What's 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 Coors Light? <laughs> like yeah. 4 or something? 4. I yeah. don't know if it's just in my head, but I do get a bit of peat character. Okay, because you're thinking not, about it. Not, peat character is like smokiness, right? In a way? Uh, no, it's, it's like a mossy... Earthy, grassy, dirty... Mm. Yeah, See, I, I let me, let me go finish. get a mouthful of dirt real quick. I'll be right back. <laughs> I'll be right back. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> oh, See, I because my, my flavor receptors are totally inhibited right now by my uh, olfactory being clogged. <laughs> uh, I, I'm not getting any anything other than malty sweetness. This actually tastes, to me right now, exactly like a dunkle. I I don't get a whole lot of peated character in this. Of course, don't listen to what I'm saying because yeah. it's hard to put my <laughs> finger on it. You know, which I mean, if it is in there, it would be appropriate because this does come from Scotland. Yeah. So the water that they use is from Scotland, and you know, quite possibly could have the regular peat, regular flavor, regular, 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 regular. Yeah, I, I think it's fine. I, even if it is in there, perfect. Yeah, they're. I mean, they've been brewing this beer since what seventeen hundred something. It was episode fifteen. Seventeen nineteen. I think they. I think they know what they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. Now is this listed as a commercial example? I don't know. I didn't look. Uh, let's see. Yes, it is. So. It's the very first one. Okay. Because there's Bellhaven Scottish Ale, Broughton Excise Man's Ale, Orkney Dark Island. This Sorry. one's funny. What? Pelican McPelican's Scottish Style Ale. <laughs> Sounds like Reddit named a beer. <laughs> Pelican McPelican. <laughs> McPelican Faith. Weasel Boy Plaid Ferret Scottish Ale. That's that one sounds tasty. Reddit beer. Pelican McPelican. Anyway, so yes, this one is the very first one listed under uh, export. It's fantastic. Yeah, uh, it seems to fit the guidelines pretty spot on in uh, all areas. Uh, apparently, I've had this one before. Well, I'm sure you have. I had this the last time I checked in. This was May 16th, 2014 at my house. I said, sweet and malty, kind of skunked. They should rethink the clear bottle. <laughs> So that was in twenty four May of twenty fourteen. That was still in a clear bottle. Um, the last time I would have checked into it was at the BGCP class, so it was brown bottles by then. And the Brew Styles Untapped yeah. checked into it for the first time today. So there you go. Welcome to the podcast, Brew Styles Untapped. I have an announcement. You mean Bellhaven? <laughs> I have a huge announcement. Oh gosh! I just hit seven hundred check ins on the Untapped. Nice. Thank you. Good deal. I'll be here later to sign autographs. All right, so poundability. I have poundability writing. <laughs> right now, for me, 10. <laughs> I'm going to say 8. I think I'd probably say 10 anyway. I love this beer. I'm actually going to be a little conservative and say 6. 
Really? That low? Yes. The nutty flavors, the toasted bread, the hint of peat, um, all of those are just adding up to... You don't like peat? What'd peat do to you? (laughs) Yeah, I got enough of that. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) he's tired. His puns are not working for him today. His punerator is gone. (laughs) Got tired head. Um, what? <laughs> what? There you go. Yeah, uh, I'm gonna go with a six, and I'll stand by that one. All right. Well, uh, what's next? And that was the sweet dulcet tones of Bill Haven on Nitro. From the can. Yes, as you could tell, that was officially lost. Travis, now. that was definitely a different sounding can. Normally, a typical carbon dioxide carbonated can sounds like. Feel the can. It's a regular can. Regular, regular. But obviously, the one that you just heard was not a carbon dioxide carbonated can. It Let's was do it again. Nitro. Oh wait. I don't have that one as a drop yet. Because we just played it. My bad. But maybe... Uh, Didn't Eddie try to this, do it? This next week. Yeah, Eddie <laughs> tried. And like the first one he poured when we didn't record sounded awesome. Yeah. And then, yeah, Amari was like, I'll oh, do it again. And then he poured it again, but it didn't make any sound. Like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> uh, but yes, we do have the, the nitro version of the Bellhaven Scottish Ale. So that's going to be need to compare them to side by side. And we can tell it's on nitro because of obviously how it sounded, how it pours, how it looks. Because we had that brilliant cascading action uh, when we poured it straight down the middle. And just it was all foam. But then you can see it starting from the bottom to the top. Now we're here. It just goes all the way. How, wait, how's it go? Directions in the can say, do not tamper. <laughs> Number one, chill for three hours. So you got to sit back on the couch and be like, yo. I like this. Oh, my God. Number two, carefully open can. (laughs) Number three, wait for the head to rise. That's also part of Netflix and chill. Uh, Number four, (laughs) pour into a glass. And five, relax, savor, and enjoy. Savor? With a U, yes. Does that really say that? Yeah, savor. Yeah, it's Scottish English. Yeah. Oh, it's got a nitro widget at the bottom, but it's attached to the can, so you can't, like, pull it out. I was going to say, I can't... I can't because I'm riding on the can. I can't hear the the nitro. You can feel the weight on the bottom different from the top because it's attached to the bottom. Yeah, bottom. My legs wet. But uh, there's a drop. (laughs) Two dollars on my pants. This is crazy clear, Clear. brilliantly clear. Even more so if it can be that from the last one. Oh, that's really strange. It looks like a a K cup, an upside down K cup at the bottom of the can. A little number. On the bottom of the can. Ooh, 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 That's ooh, strange. On the third base line. <laughs> Same color. Oh, oh, oh. Cupper. The uh, the head looks totally different, though. It's like a creamy, milky. Now, if the last one was persistent, this one is very persistent. Yeah. <laughs> so there's an immediate difference. The aroma is a little softer feeling on the nose. Yeah, I would agree. Kind of the... <laughs> The harshness, well, I say harsh, not really harsh. Yeah. Compared to this, harshness of the grain and the uh, the toasted breadcrumbs, those are 
much more mellowed out, softer. Well, actually, I was making that com- comment in reference to the carbonation. I still uh, can't smell anything. Uh, like, have you ever like tried <laughs> to smell like a soda, like after you like first open it in the can, and it just kind of fizzes up into your nose? No, am I the only one? Bueller, dang. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> What's that? I guess it sounds like that when you open it up. Anyways, it was kind of a harsh feeling on the nose. This is a very soft feeling. Here's something else. Have you ever opened up one of your kegs to clean it out after you purged it and smelled it? No. Because then you're you're breathing in pure CO2. Man, you guys are like some weird fetish smelling <laughs> stuff. I don't know what's what's going on over here. <laughs> oh, have you smelled your soda? Oh, have you purged your keg? <laughs> you ever smelled, smelled your pinky finger? Oh, God. Smell the bottom. bottom. Smell his bottom. <laughs> the heck was that? I don't know. Oh, God. It was on the recording. <laughs> yeah, so the aroma is different. The flavor is also, I, I think, a lot softer, a lot more mellow. Tastes the same to me. Mouth feels totally different. Oh, yeah, definitely creamier. I can't, I can't comment on the mouth feel. Smooth, creamy, no carbonic bite whatsoever. No. This is closer to water for me than the last one. You, the mouthfeel water? Well, well yeah, the mouthfeel, but the, the, the poundability. It's got more body. No, I disagree. Not than water? First, not at first. Oh, well, yeah, of course, more than water, <laughs> duh, but I'm talking about the last one. Um, This one just thins really. Th- it feels really thin to me. Wow, I cannot English today. See the... Uh, yeah... And we've seen this before. <laughs> Sorry, uh, do it to myself. Kids are uh, cur- that, that's my regret moment. What? Kids are uh, cur- <laughs> I, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime we've had a nitro version uh, oh. compared to the regular version on uh, just regular CO two, it always just kind of loses some of the impact of the flavor and aroma. Yeah, it, it it just cuts down on it. So I'm sure that. Just regular CO2 carbon dioxide carbonation is more vibrant, brings out oh, the sure. esters and stuff, whereas I think nitro just kind of traps it inside. Well, think about the last comparison, side-by-side comparison we did to this. It was the left-hand milk stout. And the nitro version of that. Yeah. Yeah. And that was the same thing. The, <laughs> the flavor profile was uh, a lot smoother. It was lower. You guys might really judge me for this. Uh, but I do not like drinks that are on nitro. I think it's a style thing for me. Stouts, mm. fantastic. No. Uh, well, you never had, um, didn't we have a, like the, a, the Lakewood Temptress on nitro? Oh, I've had it. It's fantastic. Didn't yeah. we have a, like a Guinness nitro IPA before? Uh, yes. And it was just, it was I've, I've had a different. few different, um, IPAs on nitro. Not really a fan. Yeah. I'm not a fan of nitro in general. Because you lose the vibrancy of the aromas and flavors. It just kind of yeah, mellows it, it out. It dulls it. It's, like, it's, it's a good change every once in a while. I, uh, I enjoy a good stout on nitro every once in a while. Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> stouts, porters, uh, yeah. English ales on nitro for sure. I disagree. Because or just, English ale slick. on cask. So good. I've had one beer in a, out of a cask before. Uh, it was all right. Or out of a beer engine on beer gas. What? Really? Was that like a serious oh, was that a poop joke? Serious <laughs> question. 
Yeah. A beer engine? A beer engine. Yeah. What is that? It's a special tap system using beer gas to serve out of casks and uh, what's the firkin? Oh. Firkin. Is it firkin awesome? Yeah. Firkin and, and casks, you can use a beer engine and beer gas to serve out of. It's it's the more traditional way. Uh, Which is basically just the gravity fed one. So if you go to the if you go to the pub and they either have to pump it like from uh, directly straight up and down to 90 degrees and have to pump it several times, then that would yep. be a gravity-fed beer engine, which is basically just forcing air, oxygen, yeah. into so it's, it. As whenever, soon as you tap it, it's going to change. Yeah, whenever you're drinking out of your... If you put something in a cask and you tap it, you're expecting essentially to drink the whole thing that day mm-hmm. because it's going to oxidize very quickly because mm-hmm. you're essentially, like Travis said, when you pump it, you're forcing oxygen into the cask to serve to serve the beer. Whereas the kegs that we have now are on a completely enclosed system. Interesting. You're forcing CO2 into it, which isn't detrimental to the beer, and that's what forces the liquid out on the other side. Right. I see. That's cool. Okay. I learned something new. Yeah. Yeah, so you go to you go to England, you know, traditional pub, they're going to have stuff on cask and it's going to be served on a beer engine. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Completely different, you know, way to to taste the beer. When I went in Colorado and to the Left Hand Brewery, they had—I don't remember which one they had—but they had one of them on cask, and they were serving it on a beer engine. And it—I had the two, the original CO two one and the cask one side by side, completely different beers. Did you kind of like the the CO two and nitro? Did you try the same thing at the Right Hand Brewery? No. Oh, dang. Anyway, back to Bellhaven. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> Yeah, Steve and Vicky have a beer engine in their backyard, which, I mean, I would assume if you are going to have that, you, then you want to have like a, maybe a two-gallon keg or something. Just yeah, for bring like it out at party parties. Or something. <clears throat> know that, yeah, once you tap it, it's going to be blown or dumped. Hmm. My palatability rating. <laughs> Ten. I'm going to go up to a 10 also. Yeah. <laughs> I, even though I don't like nitro, I'm going to have to say 10. Yeah. I oh think my, it, is this the very first beer we've all said 10 on? Uh, well, uh, Malt liquor episode was 10s all around. <laughs> that doesn't yeah. count. The entire episode. Blickberry. I think we were saying 10 just in spite of ourselves. Yeah. <laughs> episode 40. And Holy crap. That was f- almost 50 episodes ago. Yeah. That was oh fun. My. Episode 90 next week. It's a big one. Stay tuned. <laughs> yeah. Could be one thing or the other. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh-huh. Either way, it'll be big. Hmm. Yep. Okay. That's what she said. Oh, we got another example. Yep. All right. So last up is the 90 shilling ale by Odell Brewing. Odell. Um, Odell. This. This. This next beer. Well, I was I was going to say this one <laughs> technically according to their label of 90 shilling should be a wee heavy. Uh-huh. What's the ABV? Let's that's the telling mark. 5.3, which is <clears throat> not a wee heavy. That's not 90 shilling. Yeah, wee heavy so, the low end is 6.5. Right. And so every time I buy this and I drink it I'm like this is not a 90 shilling. This is an 80 shilling. I don't know why they call it a 90. Maybe they just don't understand the history behind it. I, I, I highly doubt that. I, Maybe I they're know. charging too much for this, <laughs> which is probably why. Maybe so. It's inflation. <laughs> yeah, they're thinking. Yeah, so like, this counts as export. Yeah, it's it's an 80 shilling. It's, it's really what it is. 
I don't know why they call it 90. Let's 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 read the label and see if they explain their situation. Okay. 90 Shilling is our flagship beer. Smooth and complex, 90 Shilling is a medium-bodied amber ale with a distinct burnished copper color and deeply pleasant aroma. A shilling was a British coin used from 1549 to 1971. The name 90 Shilling comes from the Scottish method of taxing beer. Only the highest quality beers were taxed 90 shillings. That's not entirely true. We think you'll find this original ale brilliantly refreshing and worth every shilling. Okay, so that's what it is. They think their beer is the highest quality. And it's still nice and yet tasty. <laughs> nice. It's a brewing hissy. Thanks for that, Travis. <laughs> I don't even have to plug my nose for that. No, you're right. <laughs> oh my God, that's funny. So, apparently, according to Odell, the highest quality beers were taxed 90 shillings, not the highest alcohol beers. Uh, mm, that's not they're, right. They're mincing words, I believe. Yeah. Because it was it was taxed by... By alcohol. alcohol. They even say that. A shilling... Uh, British coin, blah, blah, blah. 90 shilling comes from the Scottish method of taxing beer. So that They taxed it by alcohol, they, not by quality. They don't understand the history then. No. Or unless they're saying the higher the alcohol, the higher quality of the beer. Yeah. Well, this is definitely not a 90 shilling either way. No. I, it's That's why I'm always confused by this, because it doesn't... Their justification for calling it 90 shilling doesn't match up with the history. Where is Odell located? I believe that's Fort Collins, Colorado. So, we need to call them up, get them on the phone, and ask them questions to bring or to get the information that you need. <laughs> yeah, it's not listed as a wee heavy uh, commercial example, and which as it should not be. So, nothing on the label says where, but I think you're right, Travis. I think it is Fort Collins. Yeah. What? Yeah, it's there. Uh, Right there. Odell Brewing, oh. Fort Collins, Blues Recycle. Is that somewhat near oh, Denver? Okay. Yes. It's north of Yeah, it's north a suburb of Denver. Of Denver. Oh, okay. Because Fort Collins has Odell and uh, uh, FCB, Fort Collins Brewing, and Funkworks. Oh, Funkworks and, is uh, there? I think Avery is there, too. Like, all on the same street, within a mile of each other. Well, just, Avery... Uh, or is Avery... Avery was... Because I went to Avery... <laughs> But I don't think we went as far north as Fort Collins. I know that there's like three in a row on the same street, and it's all big ones. Yeah, we did not go because Fort. Here's Den, I'm looking at Google Maps right. Here's Denver. Fort Collins is way up here. We yeah. didn't go that far north. So that's like driving to Dallas. No, there's something big. No, that's that's like an hour. Yeah, so it's like driving to Dallas. <laughs> Dallas is 30 minutes from here. Not with Zoom traffic. in on on Fort Collins and search brewery because there's like three big ones. On the same street. It's like the strip. Yeah. Uh, New Belgium. Oh, that's Funk, what I was thinking of. Funk Works. Uh, Horse and Dragon. Uh, Fort Collins Brewery. Yeah. Odell. Yeah. Prost Tasty. There's a Prost in Denver too because I went to that one. Uh, Equinox. Okay. Is in Fort Collins. These other ones I don't recognize. See, that would be but a the, fun... I know there's the Avery's in, in Denver. I'd like to do your motorcycle trip, but 
without the motorcycle car. with all the beer <laughs> brewery stops. That was I, I had a great time that weekend. Mm-hmm. Six breweries one day, seven breweries the next. I was in heaven. I bet you were hammered too. <laughs> I, I, I was not on the motorcycle at that point because Sarkar met me up there in his car. Well, we yeah, were, of course not. I would. I I don't. I don't drink and ride. I wouldn't either. I don't drink and drive either. This one is not clear. Yeah, yeah. Uber no, in fact, I not. get a lot of suspended sediment. Yeah, I get that uh-huh. too. It's a little hazy. Uh, it's clear-ish. Ish. I would say hazy or cloudy, but oh. not not murky by any means. Yeah, it's not as malt forward as all the other as the other two. I still can't smell anything. Uh, more grain heavy, less like toasted bread crust. Yeah. You know, on the nose, I do. From what I can smell, I do smell that that grainy note for sure. Mm-hmm. But that's about it. I do not get any of the peated character that I got from the. Well, I actually only got the peated one on the bottle version of yeah, the Bellhaven, the not the nitro yeah. version. Didn't come through at all. Yeah, and obviously. Odell uh, pulling their source water from Fort Collins, Colorado. The Rocky Mountains. Cold yeah. as the Rockies. Which, I mean, yeah, they're tapping the Rockies, but they're not tapping the Peets. <laughs> Sounds like a dirty movie, so I'm probably not going to say that again. Tapping the Pete? Was he cute? <laughs> oh, okay. Um, what do you think of the flavor? The flavor. I can't taste anything. <laughs> now I had had this one before though, and I I thought it was okay. It was more bitter, I remember, um, than what I would expect out of a, a Scottish ale. Sure, there's a little bit of a sweetness, uh, like right when you right when it first hits the tongue. I mean, it's it's so good as soon as it touches the lips, it's so good. But then, like, whenever you <laughs> yeah, when you swallow it on the finish. Then you got some of the more bitter bitter tones that come through. This is starting to sound a little weird. Right. Uh, but I don't think... Been awake for 29 hours. What do you want? I don't think bitterness Truth. really has anything to do with the Scottish style. I mean, obviously you want enough bitterness to balance the sweetness. That's but, what's in the guidelines, yeah. Yeah, but it should be bitterness very to- malt forward. Mm-hmm. And I just, I think it's too bitter. A, it's not a 90 shilling. It's not a wee heavy. And B, it's too bitter. Yeah, I, I think this is too bitter, to be honest. It's a decent beer. I no, like it's it. It's beer. fine. I just, it's, it's not a 90 shilling or a Scottish, yeah, according to BJCP. And Friday would be the first one to say they don't care about BJCP. BJCP. It's a good beer. Too hoppy. Too bitter. Uh, I'm out. All right, so uh, poundability? Off. Five poundability rating. <laughs> Six. <laughs> I bump it up to a seven. I think this one's slightly more poundable than the first Bellhaven. Really? Really? Yeah. I can't agree with that. Yeah, me neither. <laughs> I'm going to have to say seven on this one. It's still lower than my first one and lower than the second one. What do you think this is a podcast? I won't talk again. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Interesting. Definitely like the Bellhaven a lot better than the Odell. Agreed. Yeah. 
I wish we had more examples of this. Yeah. There, there were some that we could get, but they were all seasonals that are either out of, out of, uh, out of season or uh, were draft only, which uh, we'd certainly like to do a draft only episode at some point. Yeah. Because there's a ton of good local breweries that we haven't featured on our podcast yet. You know, we're up to episode 89, and there's still a good half, if not more, of the DFW ones that we haven't had. And even beyond that, uh, for you nationwide listeners. So one of those being Pedicolis coming to mind because that's a glass I'm drinking mm-hmm. out of right now. Uh-huh. They're draft only. Yeah. Great they, beers though. They have a fantastic Scottish ale, yeah. which is called Great Scott. And I looked and looked for that because I wanted to get just a, I wanted to get a, a, a crowler or a growler of that or hand bottle or whatever I can get and feature them. But we haven't because they're only draft only. So yep. only draft only. We might try for that uh, in the future. <laughs> Uh, uh, uh. But uh, I think All we have right. a, a homebrew recipe. Yes. Oh, okay. Scottish style. Uh, this Scottish ale actually won our our local Maverick Mash um, homebrewing contest that we did. When are we going to do that? I'd like to do that. We need to do it again for sure. Uh, I called it Starkiller Scottish Ale. It was a Export 80, so not a Wee Heavy. I'm pretty sure Frato and Travis, did you also do a Wee Heavy? Or was that... Hatchless work. Um, Fratter did a wee heavy. I did a, I think it was an 80 or a 70. You did a 80, 70. Flug did a wee wee heavy. heavy? I don't remember. Anyway, so. Hatchless did a, did a sour beer. (laughs) (laughs) An accidentally aged (laughs) sour. Uh, Anyway. um, Which, I mean, just for our listeners, the, that competition, we drew uh, styles out of a hat, and we drew Scottish beer. So, like, all five of us brewed a beer in that style and then had a blind tasting to see which one I liked best. It was really cool. Yeah, and we, we were we were all ranking our beers that we tasted, and none of us drank our beers before the competition, yeah. so we couldn't tell what was ours. You know what? The next time we do it, we should get Nigel to MC it. <laughs> or participate. Yeah. It was huge. <laughs> That's about all I can say to the matter. It was huge. <laughs> anyway, uh, so this You're beer... You're <laughs> God. This beer won the competition. Uh, there were a little... Uh, a few mix-ups during brew day. Mix-ups? Hiccups uh, during brew day, but I made sure to make a note of that in my brew toad uh, brew note so that I could recreate it if I wanted to. Anyway, uh, I used nine pounds of Golden Promise... Uh, 0.125 pounds of crystal 50, 0.125 pounds of roasted barley, and half a pound of table sugar or sucrose. Hops. In my recipe, I had listed at uh, one and a quarter ounce of golding at 60 minutes and a quarter ounce of golding at 15, but that's citrus not, floral pine res- Not exactly uh, how that ended up. I used Y yeast 1728, the Scottish ale. So, uh, the Scottish beer recipe, if you're going to homebrew it, I know in the guidelines it says, you know, caramelization is fine, but not kettle caramelization. But really, how else as a homebrewer are you going to get that character without actually doing the kettle caramelization? So, what I did was I mashed at 156 to 158. Then I uh, took my... Yeah, pretty high. 
then I took about a gallon to a gallon and a quarter of first runnings and I put it on the stove uh, and I reduced that down as much as I could. I don't think I actually hit 230 degrees Fahrenheit, which is where the candy caramelization starts to happen. Uh, essentially, what you want to do is at least get it above 212. That means most of the water is has been boiled off and you're, or you're met, left with... Uh, like a syrupy kind of right. thing. Right, yeah. And so I, I did that. I you started the stir boil. Start and start and start. Don't let it sit. Yeah, I, I did tried to do that i think a little bit of it burnt but it it didn't come out in the flavor um anyway so i started the boil while the first runnings were caramelizing and then what i did was i took a ladle and i pulled some of the uh boiling wort out and put it into the pot that i was caramelizing with just to kind of dilute a little bit made it easier to pour back into my kettle um anyway so with that extra boil off and the kettle caramelization, you want to make sure you have plenty of, of liquid boiling, uh, probably closer to eight gallons instead of the normal six and a half to seven that you boil off. Um, also did a 90 minute boil with that. Um, and then cold crash it after it's done fermenting. And then I let it kind of lager for, for two to three weeks. Yeah, I've heard that with the, uh, the Scottish styles that they really benefit from some cool conditioning. Yeah. When I did my uh, Wee Heavy, I uh, I bottled it and then just cool conditioned it for a long time and really came out well. That was my, what was that? Uh, star Killer, no, uh, uh, the Star uh, Test or Back to School Scotch. Well, that was my, that was my Scottish <laughs> 80, 70, 80 that I did, yeah. Back to School Scotch. That was um, a funny name. Uh, Carillion Ale. Oh, that's right. I did a wee heavy, small batch, bottle only. Turned out really well. I want to brew that one again. I Back when we first talked about doing the Scottish episode, I was like, I'm going to brew my Scotch ale or my Scottish beer again. But just never happened. The uh, I had this huge like schedule ready to go. It was huge. Yeah, ready to go before Blue Bonnet because I wanted to enter the beers that I entered plus... Uh, my Dunkel and my Scottish beer, and the Dunkel's still lagering, and the Scottish beer never got brewed. So, what did you enter? Um, I entered my barley wine, the Imperial Stout, and the Quad. Okay, three. Yeah, I wanted to also do the Dunkel and the Scotch or Scottish ale, but Dunkel wasn't ready. Scottish ale never got brewed. So maybe next year. Who yeah. Knows? I entered four things, I think, in Blue Bonnet and one in NHC. Yeah, so I also entered a quad, so we're going head-to-head on the right. Blue Bonnet one. Awesome. Uh, I, and I, I submitted my quad to the NHC as well. So that's uh, that's kind of fun. You did that last year. Yeah. I thought, you know, I'll do it this year. For that one, I submitted a double IPA, which I still have on tap, and it's drinking great right now. Yeah. So if they've judged it, this past weekend or the weekend before, then that would be under specialty, right? Or no, that would be under uh, American Strong Ale. Okay, yeah, because they lump all of those together. That's right, because then you couldn't have judged specialty with me if if you'd entered that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I have high hopes for that one. It's tasting good. Cool. Uh, what else? I entered the uh, oh the Trappist single. That one sucks. That's not going to go anywhere. Your ankle? Yeah, <laughs> I, I had three bottles set aside and it just it, it tanked. 
So that's not a that's a, a non-starter, non-contender. And then uh, the the hop cluster blue bonnet showcase thing, which I brewed but didn't enter. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. by the way, Travis, you had that before we started recording. What are your thoughts on cluster hops? There, I'd call it a safe choice. Yeah, maybe that's why they brewed with it so often. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, back in the I don't know early days of craft beer or. Was yeah. that that was that one that they used a lot oh, at the yeah. ABC breweries? That was that was like the most widely known strain of hop yeah. before they start making Cascade and and other things like that. But it's yeah, it's just very very kind of straightforward and simple. Uh, I made a uh, a hoppy wheat with four ounces of the of cluster hops, and it's it's all right. Um, some days I really like it. Some days I don't. Yeah, just kind of depends on my mood. I bottled it. Um, it was a small batch, even still. So, it would oh, be. really? That's really hoppy then. Because I did an IPA with my four ounces, and it's it's in the the IPA IBU category mm-hmm. or range, I guess. Yeah. So, so I heard that uh, they almost finished first round judging. They're gonna wrap it up on Wednesday. And then second round judging starts this next weekend. Um, and then obviously Blue Bonnet's uh, the weekend of the 23rd, 24th, 25th. And second round is BJCP only, right? Yes. I'd Blue like Bonnet do, is like the 24th and 25th. They don't just let any spares show up for that one. <laughs> cool, I got this. 24th no, and 25th. Man, yeah, 24th, I'm 25th. It's I haven't been to be, Blue Bonnet in three years. I haven't been to Blue Bonnet in a while either. To the Blue Bonnet. To the blue bonnet. The I only year I missed was last year because of Travis's wedding. Yeah, me too. I think it's funny that I got married on blue bonnet and Sawyer was supposed to get married in blue bonnet. <laughs> I, I don't know what it is about the weekend of blue bonnet that's just... Well, me and Fredo didn't get married on the weekend of blue bonnet. No. <laughs> anyway. Well, all right. Is that about it for yep. you guys? All yep, right. Rigging. Well... Thanks for joining us for our latest episode of Brew Styles, where we talked about the Scottish export. Join us next week when we decide to become a little bit more holier. Rabbit Hole is next. Cheers till then.